Hi, and welcome to another episode of Industry Celebrities. It's that Kimberly again. Really excited to be interviewing my friend Dottie Gandy. She is going to share with us what she's up to. She's always up to something and she's up to something new. So she's gonna share with us a little bit about that and why she always says, why not her? I'm really excited and I know you will enjoy our little conversation as well as the advice she gives to her younger self. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you. So uh, my friend Dottie Gandy was nice enough uh, to join me today. And um, I will be interviewing her and asking her a couple of questions today. Uh, my name is Kimberly Scott. I'm the host. And this is my guest. Dottie Gandy. Yeah. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you, Kimberly. Well, I appreciate you joining me. And, and tell the folks uh, a little bit about yourself. Give them some background. Well, I got I was amused when one of your questions to begin with said, uh, how did you get started in your career? My careers have spanned, spanned <laughs> five decades. So I just need to say that as a disqualifier okay. up front. But probably the earliest or first career mm -hmm. that I was associated with was the National Association of Women Business Owners. In the 70s, uh, a group of women and I were looking at how to get the word out about ourselves and the businesses we were running. And in the 70s, women, there were, of course, the term networking didn't exist. Wow. Women in the 70s could not be members of the Chamber of Commerce, they or the Rotary Club. Uh, the JCs offered to let us be honorary JCs. What was the JC? It's a an, uh, junior chamber of commerce. Wow. And the JCs were the wives. So we said that's <laughs> not really our vision. So a group of women in our offices in Washington D.C. sat down in the back room for weeks and weeks to say, how do we support each other? Mm -hmm. And we came up with the term, we're gonna be the Association of Women Business Owners. And I guess because it was the 70s and we were in Washington, DC, uh -huh. uh, we had been to, invited to the White House within the year and all of a sudden overnight, it felt like we were the National Association That's of awesome. Women Business Owners and that organization still exist this day yeah. globally to support women who want to be entrepreneurs or business owners. And you're a co-founder of that organization. That's amazing. Yes. yes. That's amazing. Some people say that just makes me old. But no. I'm proud. <laughs> I would call you a trailblazer. Thank you. I like that term a lot <laughs> yes. better. Yes. 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 And I've had a variety of careers since then, mm -hmm. but that was really uh, the opening. So once you get visibility as a woman, as a woman business owner, uh -huh. it's much easier to find your way into other industries. Oh, absolutely. So, for example, I moved back to Texas. Wait, oh, are you are back. you from? Are you, so where are you from? Oh, I grew up in Waco, Texas. Okay, got it. Graduated from uh, Baylor. Oh. Had a summer job in Washington D.C. and left D.C. 28 years later to move back to. Okay. 
Texas to remarry, but my I married and raised a family in Washington, D.C. Wow. For While you're years. trailblazing yes, for women business owners. Yes, we were busy trailblazing yes. for That's women. Awesome. Had two or three or four careers there. And That's then amazing. Started over in the career when I came back to Texas. And what did you start over with when you came back to Texas? Well, uh, this little book that Stephen Covey wrote called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People uh -huh. was gaining so much popularity that the Covey Leadership Center, it was called at the time before they merged and became Franklin Covey, they were looking at where to put their first regional office. So I, of course, held my hand up. To anybody that could listen, there was no social media or anything. And there was no email, right? No, you no. Had to write was, a letter. I called the 800 number that used to be in the back of the book, and I said, Hi, I'm in Texas, and I would just love for you to open your office here. And anyway, I was about a dozen applicants came out to interview, and I got the nod. So had the pleasure of opening Stephen Covey's first regional office, so served as a speaker, a consultant, a trainer with that organization both as an employee and later as a consultant for almost 17 years. Wow. Is that what led you to uh, writing your book? Uh, my first book was written just as I decided to be a contractor with Covey rather than employee. Uh -huh. What I noticed when I was doing the required performance reviews for uh -huh. my staff in Texas, um, my daughter was working for us, and I honestly could not see a reason to give her a performance review because I basically thought she was perfect, <laughs> and yet I didn't know how to avoid yeah. that uh, requirement. So I remember when I called Kelly into the office, I don't know why, but what blurted out of my mouth was, Kelly, would it be okay if every day for 30 days I told you something different I liked about you? And Kelly was like, well, sure. Well, the sobering learning from that is about seven or eight days into that, I had used up all the obvious things that we might notice about somebody, but I had promised her 30. So I started paying very close attention to her and started, you know, how did she learn that? Where did she? So anyway, I got through the 30 days and Kelly's performance went off the charts. <laughs> So then I did what I call the 30-day process with other people, anybody that would listen, and that became my first book. Simon & Schuster published 30 Days to a Happy Employee, That's awesome. which came out in the early 90s, and the whole premise was uh, people who feel valued for their mm -hmm. work will outperform those who do not. Absolutely. And in, your, in some of the things that I read about you, they, someone had told you that you, a first-time author could not get. Oh yes, I my, mean, well, my, a publisher. What was that a, about? I had a wonderful agent here in town, and he was doing his best to coach this first-time author. Uh -huh. And he said, "We can send your book manuscript off to any publisher you want." And I said, "Well, send it to Simon and <laughs> Schuster because they published Covey's Seven Habits book." Send and it. he did. We could send it to anybody, and then he very politely and kindly said to me, now it could be several months before we hear back, and don't be surprised if rejection letters is what we get, but I'm going to work very hard. Six weeks after we mailed those off, we he got a phone call from Simon & Schuster that wow. said we're going to publish Dottie's first book. That's awesome. Yes. So you weren't discouraged at all. You're like, yeah, it's okay. 
Yeah. We're well, going to just do it anyways. Yeah, well, I've never been afraid to just do it. I mean, heck, if you can start up a national association yeah. for women in the 70s, Ooh. writing a book for the first time didn't seem that hard. And then <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. And I, because of my continued passion for women in business, mm -hmm. I had the pleasure, as you know, of co-authoring a book with Marsha Clark, not mm -hmm. the one who prosecuted OJ. <laughs> no. <laughs> this so, is don't ask those questions this when we go to questions. This is Clark based here in the Dallas area who is a global consultant and okay. is just completing the 20th year of her Power of Self program for women. So we wrote this book that said, choose the role our choices play uh -huh. in shaping how our lives turn out. Wow. So, that's that, awesome. And that's, that's my book career. Don't think I have another book in me. But that was <laughs> you never know. Mm. You never know. I think you have a lot of uh, wisdom and, and stories to tell. That Boy, if you live this long, you better have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> well, you do because you, in the things that you've shared with me and how you reflect, you always have a, and you know, thinking back, you always, when you tell that story, I do, um, it clicks to me whenever you, when anybody says it, thinking back, I should have, or I'm happy that I, or, you know. Well, I think the success for any person, especially women like you and me, is we need to surrender the notion that our life plan for ourselves is the way it will go. I yes. mean, that's just a joke. And you know very well that I was at the peak of my career as a speaker and a consultant when my husband was diagnosed yeah. with Alzheimer's and that meant that airline travel was no longer available. Mm -hmm. So screech put on the brakes overnight. I became a full-time caregiver for almost six years yeah. for a husband with Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so you did it so gracious, gracefully and well, energy. I mean, I was glad you were, the cameras were not there in the early days wow. perhaps, but I learned to be, yeah, uh, I learned that caregiving for the non-professional could also be a calling. And that experience shifted who I was uh, in ways I could never have otherwise imagined. So Tom passed away almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. And so as you know, because you've been a big help, I've been looking at what's next for me, yeah. and I've eliminated all of the corporate stuff. Yeah. I do want to continue being a very powerful speaker and a voice, uh, but that's it. I want to do my new title for myself is I am a transformative speaker. I want to transform how people think about things, particularly those things that may be holding you back. Yeah. Um I, when I read that, I thought that was awesome because I feel that if my mom and now my father, when they retired, quote unquote, um, if they had shifted into something that they, both of them would not be in this kind of space of, well, my mom with dementia and my dad just, he doesn't want to do anything, you know? And if more people at the age of 50 or 60 or whatever it is, when, it, when either they retire or they want to change to something else, if they can transform, if they have somebody like you to Absolutely. help them. Well, and the new term now, of course, is we don't retire, we rewire. Yeah, and that's a great. And there's a lot of baby boomers who are aging out, mm -hmm. and they're not done yet. No. They're like, now I'm going to go do what I've always wanted mm -hmm. to do, or I, maybe that book that was in me, I'll go write yeah. it now. 
So I think it's very exciting. Absolutely. Although when my parents retired, they were both blue collar workers and a rocking chair looked pretty good to them. Yeah, yeah. And so they just Was, kind of vegetated. Yeah. But nowadays, uh, we're we living, we're living longer. Yeah, we can't give ourselves the luxury <laughs> no. of saying because I've completed this job, I'm now done. And we also know statistically that financially, many of the boomers are not Correct. able to retire. So yeah. I'm saying, well, in that case, go out and do what turns you on and lights you up. Yeah, absolutely. And your your motto of of saying yes to life and why not you. I think is awesome. Well, I think you and I've talked, in fact, I think you helped inspire this, but Aww. you know, the business of when the Alzheimer's caregiver role found me mm -hmm. and I was saying, why me? Why this? Why now? Yeah. And the only answer I got was why not? Yeah. And it turned out to be one of the greatest gifts in that it required me to hit the pause button. I think one of the phrases I used was I'm one of these people at my go-getter. I always believe that everybody should pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And with Tom, when he was diagnosed, I realized I was married to someone who no longer had bootstraps. Yeah. And so it was a huge shift. Mm -hmm. in, and you're on that path right yeah, now. Yeah. And you know what we're... Yeah, it, it definitely... Um, the shift is a, was a good shift. It was a very like, powerful shift. It, it helps you um, with your own awareness of things. For me, it helped me become, um, I was already on the path of becoming self-aware, <laughs> um, but it definitely amplified it. And I feel like it amplified my empathy um, towards not just my mom and her situation, but everybody else's situations yes, in absolutely. life. Absolutely. Um, and patience and just knowing that she's not going to be around um forever anymore nobody is mm -hmm. and and i had already started feeling that way that but uh, it used to be we didn't always know what our cause of death was correct. unless it yeah. was old age or whatever but now with if you have a dementia or an alzheimer's mm -hmm. diagnosis uh you know yeah the loved ones the family they know what that person is going to die from yeah absolutely um and and just knowing that we all live longer i feel like definitely help me go okay this is what i need to be doing and i'm good with this it might not look like everybody else's you know like thought of what i should be doing but i'm going to manage it i'm going to figure it out um because that's what she taught I me to do kimberly one of the first things that i learned to love about you was that you don't see any stoppers in front of you either <laughs> i've never done that before but, but guess what i'll figure it out <laughs> That, that means there's no limits to where yeah. you can go and what we do. And yeah. people look at me sometimes and say, well, you know, most people, especially women your age, are retired. Well, And I'm like, I'm not ready to wear that cap. Yeah. Power to those that are retired. But that's you're not most you're not most people either. No. So. None of us. Are. No. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what topics are you going to be speaking on? Well, there are several topics. One is the that was inspired by the Alzheimer's journey mm -hmm. is a topic called why me, why this, why now, mm -hmm. why not? The other topic is called choices that make good people great. And that's based on some of the research that Marsha and I did uh -huh. for a book for women. And the other very favorite topic that I'm talking on is what does it really mean to be 
up to something. something. I you like know, that. When people say, what's up? Yeah. We say, not much. That's just not true for most of us. And yeah. about 20 years ago, a group of us came together in Dallas to support each other and what's up? Yeah. And to make a difference in whatever that answer was. And so our up to something group in Dallas has been together for 18 years. And That's people awesome. have gone on to do extraordinary things. So the other speaking topic is when somebody says, what's up, please don't say not much. <laughs> Because I'll come and rewire you. No, no. <laughs> yes, you will. I don't ever say not much. <laughs> I usually probably say too much sometimes. So, But you're right. It just keeps you on that, that mindset. And it keeps you, you never know who that person knows when you say it, you know, that they might go, oh, I should connect you with Divine some such Divine coincidence. Yes, I absolutely. And, you know, uh, having someone like you to pollinate and connect people is there are so many people out there that... You know, you use that interesting term, uh, pollinate. I've Because I'm a Gemini, I've always described myself as, I'm a Gemini. We have the attention span of a gnat. And I was meeting <laughs> with this guy one time, and I was sharing that with him, and he said, well, that's not a very empowering paradigm. And I said, no, but I said, I get interested in this, and then this, and then this. And he's the one who said, why don't you consider yourself a pollinator? You just go drop a little nectar here and a little. Mm -hmm. And then as we were leaving, he handed me his business card. He was retired. And on the back of it, it had his name. And underneath it said pollinator. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. You definitely are a you, pollinator. Well, you are too. So <laughs> I think we attract each other. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so tell... Um, there is something that I wanted to ask you about that I read in your um, in your bio that I thought was quite amazing, um, and it was about your proudest moment. Oh yes, well, see if you get to be a woman <laughs> uh, of um, okay, I'll be eighty next year. But when you get to be a woman of a certain age, the year I went to Washington, D.C. was 1962, and I was working for a U.S. senator from Texas. Mm -hmm. And on August the 28th, 1963, he said, I'm closing the office down. I'd like for you to go down to the Washington Mall and listen to the speaker. And that was the day that Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech. Awesome. They give and me chills. Me too. Even today. And all I know was that as a young girl from Waco, Texas, I knew I was in the presence of something very powerful. And quite honestly, not only was I a women's rights advocate in Washington, mm. D.C., I was a very active civil rights. That's awesome supporter. I love reading that. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to ask about this story. I know. You know <laughs> okay, if my grandchildren are listen to this podcast, I'm going to apologize to you right now for saying this, but my big fear is that one day, and they're all college age, right? Yeah. And one day somebody's going to say, tell me about your grandmother. And they're going to say, she was there for one of those great speeches in history. It was either the Gettysburg Address <laughs> Or no, I don't know. Well, you know, we all have our own I know, relationship. I know. To, so I say that with apologies to Alex, Colin, Mike, and oh, Christina. Yeah, they'll remember. Definitely. Yeah, they'll definitely remember. <laughs> I'll be hearing about this. And yeah. it's recorded now, so yeah, documented well, forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Live yeah. and in person. Yeah. So um, Industry Celebrities has a one standing question 
and it is the what advice would you give to your uh, younger self go big or go home i sh <laughs> the thing that i shared with you earlier when i was 16 my father who had a ninth grade education although my mother had a college education uh -huh. it was very important to my father that his daughters succeed mm -hmm. And he said to me, so what do you think you want to do when you grow up? And I was so passionate about tap dancing that I blurted out, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be a tap dancer on Broadway. Oh, that's and awesome. And my father, who could have and perhaps should have, uh -huh. said, are you crazy? You'll die on the streets of New York. How are you going to support your mom? Yeah. All my father said was, if you want to be a tap dancer on Broadway, you'll be the best one they ever had. Aww. And while it didn't sink in at the time, the question that you just asked, I can't tell you how many times when I've been out on a limb and saying, nobody's ever done this before. My father's, I've, this little voice says, shoot, if you can be a tap dancer on Broadway, you can sure take this next step. Yeah. So my, my uh, go big or go home, uh -huh. that's, that's, awesome. that's available to all of us at any time, no yeah. exceptions. That is, that is awesome. I wanted to be a uh, fly girl, um, which was in the 90s, Living Color. It was one of uh, Jennifer Lopez's very first gigs. Oh, yeah. And my mom said, there's no money in that. You need to go to college okay and so off to college i went but anyways because that's just the well I went, the... <laughs> off to, I went off to college too very grateful for my um, education at baylor university yeah and i still when somebody says what makes you think you can do this i go back to the yeah if i can be a tap dancer yeah. on broadway i can sure try absolutely this. yeah which i've shared with you i yeah. see so much of that in yeah years. well my dad always used to tell me you know you can do anything you want. Practice makes perfect. And if somebody says you can't, then you go prove to them that you prove. can. Yeah. And you're not yeah. proving that they're wrong. Correct. You're proving that you can. Correct. Very absolutely. big distinction. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It drives me when somebody yeah. says I can't. And it is. It's more to prove to myself more now than it was when I was younger. When I was younger, it was about proving to my brothers that I can play basketball as good as them. Because, well, see, those, you know, those the youngest. who are my age remember the old Broadway musical about Annie Oakley when she sang that infamous song, I'm just a girl who can't say no. Oh. And I thought that applies to me, not in the same context as Annie <laughs> Oakley, but, but yeah. I've never, I don't know how to say no to an opportunity. Yeah. I don't know how I'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, you were definitely open to the first time being on the caregiver story and I appreciate you for that. Oh, I really appreciate you do. You do have that yes attitude. <laughs> And I'm, I I'm honored and I'll do anything that lets me hang out with you Aww. for a little bit. Thank you, Dottie. I appreciate you. Um, so tell the listeners, tell the folks um, how they can connect with you and get a hold of you if they're interested in hearing more about what you're Well, go to my LinkedIn account. It's LinkedIn forward slash N mm -hmm. dot, uh, dot LinkedIn.com. And I am on Facebook. I've chosen, chosen not to set up a, a web page again i'm going to use primarily linkedin and facebook uh, facebook mm -hmm. uh if you will message me on facebook i will give you my phone number and my email. Uh, 
email address because I would love to be a speaker or a presenter yeah. for an organization where I feel like my message has relevance. Awesome. And that is uh, on LinkedIn, it's just Dottie Gandy, right? Dottie Gandy. Okay, yes, Dottie. thank you. Oh, yes. I mean, as long as you know they know how to search you, you'll Good. come up. Yeah. Thank and you, you do, if you do put in Dottie Gandy in just Google, your images, your pictures come up. So I think that's pretty cool. Thank you. <laughs> so FYI. Thank you. <laughs> um, Make sure that if uh, Dottie's advice, um, you feel someone needs to hear it, uh, tag them in the comments, maybe share this episode with them, have them reach out to Dottie for sure. If you, I really appreciate you all tuning in and I appreciate you Dottie for joining me today My so pleasure. Um, and remember until next week, um, sharing is caring. Thanks y'all.